Have you ever heard of Evil Knievel? No, I never saw Star Wars. Welcome back to EnterTheRealWorld.com. My name is Matt Waters. I'm joined for the first time in a long time by Mike Thomas. He has finished being just a sexy rebel without a cause. I guess you've got a cause, a very very distinct, clear cause. Mike, website founder, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm thinking we need to scrap the cold open we recorded earlier. Mm -hmm. We should either go with the Zoolander Han Solo insult or (laughs) an Armageddon when Ben Affleck and Owen Wilson decide who is Chewbacca and who is Han Solo. Or both. (laughs) Or we can, like, book because they're both Owen Wilson. They can, like... (laughs) Okay. They can, like, bookend the podcast. Yeah, okay, I could do that. Um, yeah, as you've alluded to, we're covering 2018 solo. We are very timely, if nothing else, at this website. December 2020, <laughs> yeah. we are recording uh, about solo two and a half years later. Yeah, it's a tradition. We talk about Star Wars at Christmas time, so... Oh, damn it, the Nets are really losing to the Raptors right now. <laughs> Oh, none of this means anything anymore. Yeah, so Solo, the one I had not seen when we last touched base on Star Wars. And now I have. And it's all right. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. It's, it's all right. It's all right, it, you know. It, it exists. It's fine. It probably didn't need to exist, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I would actually so actually, <laughs> uh, I pulled up my notes on this movie. By the way, who else? I mean, everyone's dying to listen to what else we have to say about this movie mm-hmm. after that intro. <laughs> my first note, I swear to God, is word, word for word. No reason for the story to exist. Totally, totally, totally. Like <laughs> There's just no reason for this story to exist. There was no reason to spend upwards of $250 million <laughs> on this story yeah and just cycle through directors <laughs> Han's story is not particularly interesting his arc is not particularly interesting I think there is a, a slow groundswell awakening or acceptance of the fact that Han Solo was interesting because prime Harrison Ford was playing him it was a, like a very generic character that prime ha- like it's like it's raw charisma there's nothing actually there i can see some people arguing indiana jones is the defendant harrison ford i disagree i think it's han solo like this mm. is like tom cruise being ethan hunt like it's just <laughs> ha- it's just harrison ford every other role that harrison ford plays is a derivation on han solo Yes. So right away, like the movie, this movie is behind the eight ball. The degree of difficulty it has to be an entertaining, engaging, satisfying story. I'm not so high. Yeah. I'm not against the idea of let's just see a fun little smuggler caper with a young, sexy Han. But like to try and turn it into an origin story that's doing all the cute continuity things feels so misguided to me like and let's break down that sentence yeah fun caper with a sexy han yes i (laughs) matt i would be down for a fun fun (laughs) okay oh i see what you're doing here sexy it's none of these things okay you're not a fan of uh alden's face how fun was it how sexy is (laughs) alden aaron reich yeah that one (laughs) not baby driver no not ensel engort no. It's not the Kingsman guy, and it's not Baby Driver guy. Not Taron Egerton. It's Hail Caesar guy. Yes, it should have been um, Anthony and Gruber, but never mind. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that one, this movie does not need to exist. Yeah. And it was not nearly as fun 
as it need to be, given yeah. that it did not need to exist. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, if you hit the... me with the bullet points of this, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Like, there's a heist, it's just he's young and carefree, he's just doing fun stuff in theory, he's yeah. flirting outrageously with Lando, like, all of that, that sounds fun. Heist scene, really short and actually quite dull. He's not quite what I'm looking for. I get why they cast him, I do, honestly. Like, there is a, there is a, a hint of, of Ford about him. <laughs> Yeah, it's faint. It, you know, like when you speak, like you see like Paul Giamatti's uh, swivel wine and be like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's like there's a hint of asparagus in there, and like Thomas Hayden Church is like nodding his head like vigorously trying to like yeah, there's oh yeah, there's, oh, a there's hint. something there. Yeah. There's a hint of asparagus in Aiden Ironreich, but I <laughs> it's a very me. easy impression to do. I I think they could have found someone else it just feels misguided and not to like pry back open our discourse on the joker but i feel in some ways you're ruining the magic by trying to delve into how this person works you know to try and do a han origin story which i don't actually think they really succeed in because it's like look he's so young and idealistic and like so not what he will become or maybe i just have a sort of warped sense of who han is in my head but it feels like they're going for and we're going to tell you how he became so like don't trust anybody kid and like i will only do this if you pay me kind of stuff but it doesn't really do that like he sort of ends on a vaguely still quite optimistic note and i don't know i just i would have rather they just did a real yeah. short quick caper with no stakes rather than like right we're gonna fucking show yeah. you the kessel run we're gonna show you the uh, dice game like you're ruining I mean, it <laughs> yeah i mean like we want we'll get into more like but details about that later but like first of all one of the most condescending parts about this movie definitely not to get into a last jedi debate but like <laughs> retconning the fucking dice into mm. meaning something because you tried to make them mean something in last jedi <laughs> so so stupid it's like so so stupid like i actually didn't even mind it in last jedi because i was like it was a cute little thing for the like, people that whatever. care it's fine Everyone else, like, this, you just this, shrug. These yeah. were not important to Han. No. If anything, it was important to Luke. Because yeah. like, it felt because it was something small and meaningless that carried great meaning in retrospect, which I actually think is far more human than this. This was a fucking... That was bullshit. Yep. We did not need to see the fucking game, Sabat. No. Also, like, Sabat is for the books. Like, <laughs> it is for... And that's, like, the biggest takeaway. This movie is for me. the books. <laughs> I remember writing this i remember writing this to someone or texting someone this right away i was like this feels like a dumb star wars book that i read on the train to not hurt my brain and but to kill time mm-hmm. and why would you ever make a star wars movie about that like there's a reason why the books exist and why would you spend more money on it than i think you have on any other star wars movie yeah i think but this i'm not gonna look that up. movies of all time yeah where is it where's the money it's in doing it again it's in, it's in making it with lord and miller and then starting over is where it is just absolutely insane stuff i'd say let's let's quickly run down the cast a little bit yeah why not alden aaron reich again there's a hint of ford about him i think he's at times he's like a charming young man but like i think he's a little bit in over his head yeah it's tricky because like you know it was a lot to put I, well, I guess the thing is, with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, they're sort of sharing that load. Like, you're not putting everything on just this one actor who isn't as isn't a name. And I know he's been in some stuff, but like, I think he has got so much more pressure on him individually than either of them did. So I think that's where it, 
isn't as good, I guess. And also, like, while, yes, like, Ridley had to capture some, you know, Luke, and Boyega Mm -hmm. had to capture a little bit of Han, like, this guy has to be motherfucking Harrison Ford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There is only one for a reason. (laughs) So, yeah, again, you're putting him in an unfair position in some ways, but I wouldn't say he fails the movie. I just think he's not quite up to it. I think think you probably could have made a good movie with this dude. Yeah, I think the movie fails him much more than he fails the movie. Like, I don't think, this isn't like a movie where you're like, man, if only Alden Honorite was as sexy and fun as Harrison Ford, (laughs) would this movie be good? Like, there are a lot bigger problems with this movie. It's 99% of the way there, and oh, he just fucked it. Like, no, 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 no. I enjoy him doing his little, you know, it's an impression, obviously, but, you know, the little smirk he does when he's, like, like, when he's figured out that Beckett is a is a smuggler and he's like, oh, I could tell them about you. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. You're very cute. But I should... You kind of just want to punch him in the face. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's if Ford were, like, 50% more punchable. Probably also, just a quick note, the, one of the most laugh-out-loud embarrassing moments in cinema history is the guard giving Han Solo his name. I, they do the, I is, feel they do this every two years. They do it with something like this, where they're like, Han... The dead speak! <laughs> no, but like when they're trying to be cute about like an origin, and they're like, Solo, and I was like, ah, I see what you did. Real embarrassing stuff. Yeah. The second, the second main character in this movie is surprisingly not Amelia Clark. It mm. is Woody, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, you know. He's playing Woody Harrelson. It's a logical get, you know. Who can we get for our Star Wars movie? Go get Woody Harrelson, why not? He's fine, I guess. He always is. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I've seen no effort Woody Harrelson. Everyone should go watch the movie Midway. If you want to see Woody Harrelson really phone in a movie, mm. watch Midway. It wow. is spectacular in that sense. Okay. This is like, Woody Harrelson is essentially doing Harrison Ford did in Star Wars movies. Just show He's up, playing. know you're the best actor in it, and just go on cruise control. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Woody Harrelson is many things, but, you know, he's also not Harrison Ford. But he's... He is fine. He is fine. The issues of Woody Harrelson's character in this movie uh, are not because of Woody Harrelson. Oh, no. They're going for, like, this is who Han will become kind of thing, but... I don't know. I guess at times he's dragging a better performance out of Aaron Reich, but for the most part, yeah, he's kind of just... I wouldn't go as far as sleepwalking through it, but it's not like he's trying. I thought Amelia Clark was pretty good, considering how bad a lot of her like blockbuster movies have been. I did not think she was bad. You know, you see, did you see the movie Last Christmas? Uh, uh, no, but I heard I, many things of it. <laughs> well, I think like whatever else you hear about it, like you see, like oh, there actually is like charm there mm-hmm. in her in her work, and I thought it was mostly missing here. Yeah, I just I, I just don't think she's like a brooding type of character, like or act performer, like. This is not the type of role. I mean, I don't know how high my list of like Amelia Clark projects are in my terms of my life, but like. Oh yeah, I think it's a low bar. (laughs) That's more what I mean. Is I've seen her flounder in Hollywood. He says, sitting here, like you know, nobody. But she's made some choices that haven't quite worked out for her, and I I think this one isn't a misstep in the way that like Terminator blew up for her and and all these other things like i i think she's surprisingly not bad is how i would phrase it more than surprisingly good and you know what though compared to woody and Aldenreich, her performance feels most appropriate for the movie yeah which is eh? <laughs> also like obviously they're never going to do a sequel to this but yeah setting her up to have her daenerys moment 
where it probably would have been more satisfying than the actual Daenerys moment. Probably would have been good. Donald Glover. Yes. I would say, as best as I could tell, the most consistently praised part of the movie is yes. Donald Glover's work on as Lando. Your mm-hmm. thoughts? I'm in two minds. I was desperately waiting for him to show up and save the movie. Not save it, but, you know, inject some Inject some fu- life. Yeah, there you go. We're on the same wavelength. Inject some charm, inject some life into it. And I was just desperately waiting for him to show up. And I think... It's very fun when he's outrageously flirting with everyone who he's in contact with. It's very fun when he's actually... It turns out he's Zap Brannigan. You know, he's actually like a bit of an idiot who is just sort of conning his way into a good reputation or whatever. The voice bothers me a little bit. I don't know if he... A little bit. Yeah, there's like... Something off. There's something off. He's drifting into faux British for some reason, and I don't know if that's what Billy D sounds like to him, but it isn't my memory of Billy D. It felt like he struggled with doing an impression versus <laughs> doing his own thing at times. Yeah, totally. I think being beholden to the real people is some in some ways the biggest problem with this in general. Like, they should have just let them go off and be like, look, here is the character description of Lando. You go be it. Don't yeah. try and be Billy D. And I guess, you know, for him, this is a huge role. Like, he talked about it, that, like, he idolised Billy D. So, you know, it would be yeah. impossible for him to not try. Because, you know, we're all very enthusiastic about Donald Glover as a general entity. But, like, I don't want to say he disappointed me here. I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. But, like, I guess I wanted him to be better than he was. I think that, one, the movie definitely needed him to be better than he was. Yeah. And in a better in a better movie with better yeah. written characters in more important roles. Yeah. I don't think we really even care enough to say anything negative about what he does in this movie. He really does not have all that big of a role. It's really not significant by any stretch of the imagination. If anything, I, if anything, I would have expected the opposite, which would have been limited screen time, mm. huge significance. He's in the frame a fair amount, yeah. but he's really not crucial to the story. In it kind way. of melts away a lot. Yeah, it's um. kind of like he's just there a lot. It's very... Mm. odd it was the opposite of what i expected you know there was the story and like billy d has spoken very highly of glover in general there was this one story though i read about where glover and him sat down to talk about the role and glover's just going off talking about all these things all these ideas about how he sees the character blah 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 and billy d just stops at one point and just says lando is cool and that's all that's all like that was his only insight into lando <laughs> and i kind of think that yeah. is really the only thing you need to know about, like, like Lando. That he like, overthought that cool. it. <laughs> I, I think he may have overthought it. Like, yeah. I, can, like I don't want to, like, read into it too much. I just... Yeah, yeah that would like, make like, sense, because he does give him a lot of idiosyncrasies that just are not there in the original yeah. performance. And, it, and like, It's the Lando's, same with Han. Like, they're just two cool motherfuckers. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the big problems with doing, like, an origin story with mm. these characters is that... In general, Star Wars is very, very broad strokes. It is not a fully lived-in world. It's never been a world designed really for TV shows, for instance. Like it's yeah. not like I'm not saying someone couldn't create something good within that. It's not Game of Thrones in that way. It's well, not a fully lived-in world. It is mythology. Not necessarily in a bad way. The original set of characters are kind of cardboard cutouts. Yeah. to tell a very broad strokes good versus evil mythological story. Yeah, uh, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford are two charismatic fucking people. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and <laughs> Hamill did what he needed to do. Yeah, he was the white meat, you know, hero. He like. did what he needed to do. There's just not a lot there. Again, it just it's just a degree of difficulty thing. Like, yeah. it's such a... Tr- I think, like, they, they went into Solo thinking Han Solo is a big draw. Probably Solo the most popular character. Seats. 
Yeah. When in reality, if I can't think of a bigger challenge in the world than <laughs> trying to to do this movie in terms of artistically. I just think it is artistically one of the biggest challenges they could have set themselves. And it just showed time and time and time again where it's like, it's just one of those movies where every little thing wrong about it makes it seem that much bigger of an issue. I think, um, I think trying to turn it into another of their big continuity-heavy projects and trying to slap on a bunch of you know, retroactive stuff. The Falcon means so much to him because his dead robot girlfriend lives in it. You know, that's all, it's just like, this wasn't the thing for that. Right. This, this needed to be just completely self-contained and just, right. here's a fun fucking thing he did when he was allegedly right. 10 years younger. That's the other thing. This is set 10 years before. Like, I don't buy this dude looks like Harrison Ford in 10 years. No. It just feels like a misguided project. I feel like there's only two other real big things we need to talk about in terms of the cast. Paul, so I remember I remember reading this recasting notice, and we probably could talk a little bit later about the speculative nature of like what happened when they switched directors. <laughs> I just remember reading, due to reshoots, mm-hmm. uh, Michael K. Williams' role in Solo being recast with Paul Bettany, and I just remember being like... What a bummer. <laughs> one, yes, but two, what does it say about this character? That you could replace... Michael K. Williams and Paul Bettany. Like, the same person. Like, I, I just, like, something to me is off there. I think it was a CGI character, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess I, they I, were I, just I read, like, going like, Michael for... Michael K. Williams like... was going to be, like, a lion or something like that? I, like, <laughs> yeah. all I... it does is make me think of, like, the guy from Firefly. Am I a lion? <laughs> um, it's like someone watched that and was like, I got it! <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, I need a minute now. Um... So Paul Bettany, he, he really phones us in hard. It's really funny, honestly. Mm. I, I like Paul Bettany as an actor a lot. We should do a Master and Commander podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, a, a sentence Paul... no one has said. There's a lot of Master and Commander love on the timeline. Man. I'm sure, I, I, but you find me a gonna, premise. We're going to get that sequel one day, man. We're going to get that sequel. <laughs> okay. They do this, like, smash cut where it's like, oh, he's dealing with the governor. And then you see him, like, stabbing the governor. And it's, like, stuff like that, where he's being, like, super ruthless. I was like, ah, good for you, Paul Bettany. I don't really see this side of you that often. But then when he has to talk for an extended period of time, it's like, this is a paycheck to you, isn't it? And you've just rocked up to take someone else's role. Of everyone on this website, I am probably the most critical of the Marvel movies. But if you rewatch Paul Bettany's death scene in Avengers Infinity War, Mm -hmm. I'm just like... Even through this stupid fucking red suit, there's something human there. He is in a way. There's nothing. He is surprisingly good as Vision, despite all the challenges that are getting in the way of being good as Vision. I think with the primary one being that Vision is a candy ass. Uh, (laughs) His death scene there is genuinely quite sweet in a movie, and not actually not particularly that movie, but in general, where humanity can often be lacking. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the series with him and. Olsen. Mandalorian has made me so cynical about this <laughs> series coming up that I'm a little... Sure. I would love for it to be... By the time you hear this, one of those might have come out, so... I know. <laughs> and then the only other thing I want to talk about is... This is like the really unimportant version of the dark, of the, the dark Jar Jar theory. Was the girl at the end... Was that supposed to be the kid of Woody Harrelson and Tandy Newton? Like, originally, in some original cut? There was some original cut where she was designed... Like, she takes the mask off. Oh, Nest. And the way it's yeah. shot... Like, at, at this Nest or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way it's shot, it's like, it's supposed to be this big reveal 
that it's her. When I saw I, her, I didn't immediately go, oh shit, she looks like the offspring of Woody Harrelson and Sandy well, Newton. But like, no, now you it said so it. Much that. It was more how they shot it and the look in the eyes of the two characters. I'm just like, did they shoot this at one point and mm. they were father and daughter and then they forgot after they edited it? That I thought it was meant to be more, you're meant to assume this person is a big scary man and it's like a fucking kid and a woman i feel like there has to be a version of the script where this was the daughter woody harrelson and tandy near that's I, I i don't know like it was just something about the way they sh- i don't know that's that's what they meant hmm. by it that's like a very weird self-aware type of like and self-congratulatory type of way of filming that scene and that's why that character um, is so underbaked though like yeah oh it's nothing Here's, here's a villain early on. Remember them in an hour because they're going to be secretly yeah. the good guy. Like, what? Like What? Yeah. Just so, just so absolutely nothing. So yeah. condescending. There's a world it does, where it, it works. Does get me to, it's not it this one. It does get one. me to my two favorite things in the movie, which is uh, the music for Enfys Ness, I thought was actually really cool. Sure. Probably the best new original Star Wars music after, like, Ray's, like, theme. I actually thought the train fight was kind of cool. Or the train heist was kind of cool. It yeah. did make me question why any planet in Star Wars needs trains. <laughs> the grab like, trains. Actual mate. like rail trains that go around mountains. Yeah. Yeah. You have so I... many, so many ships. Like the poorest of people can afford them. And yeah. I mean maybe there would be a train, but like a train that has to go around mountains. <laughs> But then that scene is somewhat ruined by Jon Favreau's little CGI character who is just here to say obvious things, unfunny jokes, like, this kid is crazy, no one comes back to Corellia. It's like, okay, like, did you just need five seconds of airtime here? Like... I didn't understand that. Like, his character was really, like, not funny. I feel uh, I feel they designed a CGI was... character, and they were like, did you write him to be good? No, we'll worry about that later. Like, yeah. And then they never did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just such a caricature of a character, almost. Like, you know, yeah. Saying it, obvious it, it, stuff. It was. It almost felt perfect. Like, was, was he supposed to be doing, like, dad jokes? Like, were I we think supposed to so. not find him funny? I don't know. Like... I, I, I couldn't tell. Those are the actors. What about uh, um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge as L3? Yeah. I was disappointed, personally. It kind of reminded me of Hermione and Harry Potter <laughs> in that... You know, it's Hermione and Harry Potter, and it's What's-Her-Name and Breaking Bad. Yeah, Skyler. It's like, yes, they're right, but don't you realize by portraying them as grating and distracting like from like the fun that's meant to be had, Like, don't you get how that role is kind of like... Yeah, women get in the way of men having fun. (laughs) Right. I mean, for how talented she is, I really was expecting a little bit more here. And like, you know, it's her as an actress as opposed to her as a writer and whatever, so there's a difference there. But like, other than her delivery of that, you know, can I get you anything? And she just very quickly goes, equal rights? Like, other than that, I was like, all of this is like, this feels like first draft material at her lines and and you didn't take another pass at it for some reason it really wasn't much um, I, I it just seemed like designed to annoy people yeah like and in a way that was like that's what a disservice to the idea of this character and then the, the whole thing with the falcon was just so fucking dumb i appreciate they've tried to you know they've tried to go in a different direction with the droids kind of thing have they though well you have alan tudyuk's very sarcastic one from rogue one who i liked quite a lot and then it feels like they're trying to go in a similar vibe here, but this just doesn't but land. Aren't they all just variations on the same thing? Well, I guess they're all not like C-3PO, who is, like, painfully polite, is what I, I mean. I guess so. But, like, I mean, they all just, they kind of just all seem like R2-D2, but with words. Sure. I don't know. Like, I just, like, it's not that it's bad. I just don't, I don't give them much credit for it, especially. Okay. 
it feels like they found like a lane for how they want their droid to be. Like yes. it feels pretty similar to the one in Mandalorian. It just feels like they found a lane and they're not going anywhere away from it. And I, I again, I don't even know if that's a bad thing that they're not going to do that, but I don't yeah. know how much credit I give them for it. I, I, I just really prefer the one in Rogue One, like massively yeah. to this. Wow, um, Matt, I didn't know you were a sexist. Wow. Well. Um, you know, women are bad. They get in the way of the fun. And then, uh, I guess last thing is Ray Park reappears as Darth Maul. <laughs> he sure fucking does. That one really took me aback when someone told me uh, that. Because I just decided, uh, look, I'm not going to see it. Tell me what yeah, happens yeah. in it to someone. And they're like, yeah. And then oh, uh, yeah. Darth Maul's in it. I was like, fucking what? <laughs> I, I, ser- I served that role for people. In the movie. Actually, uh, maybe you did you. that. And then I asked someone I else planted, more yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that I, blew I remember, my mind. I remember having to tell multiple people that Darth Maul was in this at the I was end. like, why is uh, Darth Maul in Solo? <laughs> you know, and it's funny, is like I felt the way to salvage this when I just assumed they were gonna go full steam ahead with everything, was you do a soft trilogy where it's solo, huh, and then Boba Fett, and then Lando, and that's just your or Obi-Wan is your third one, and it's just your soft trilogy. You don't like and like Darth Maul is like hanging around all three of them. Yeah, why not? But they actually have thankfully not gone full steam ahead, I think. So that's good. Yes, Obi Wan is now a series, and, and uh, I, I think Boba Fett's just not happening. Yeah, I, I actually I would have liked the James Mangold Star Wars movie just because I feel like Mangold would like strike that balance well, mm. where he won't make them fear for too much personality in their filmmakers, but yeah. he'll make it slick looking enough and move and edit well enough that. He, he can make the Dark Knight of the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm much more excited that James Mangold is going to make the fourth or the fifth Indiana Jones movie than Spielberg. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's, this movie exists. I really don't know. I really, really don't. I They got very high on the success of Force Awakens. They're like, all right, we're fucking doing it. We're going all in on Star Wars. We're doing Boba Fett. We're doing Han Solo. And then people are like, we don't like your Han Solo movie. And they're like, ah, fuck. We yeah, didn't consider was, people wouldn't like one of our Star Wars movies. I was taken aback by how quickly they like they gave up after Solo. Like I was not, I was expecting like a double down, if anything. But this movie kind of changed the future of Star Wars in that we are not going to be constantly surrounded by movies yeah. about Star Wars. So thanks for that, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for the best overall. Yeah. Although I, I, I think Star Wars might be more cinematic than TV. Or if they're going to make TV shows, they need to pick someone more interesting than John Favreau to make them. <laughs> but, you know, he knows how to deliver something that is a hit for a moment and it carries almost no emotional weights yes. for the rest of its existence. Damn. Uh, Favreau announced dead today after Mike Thomas just completely assassinated him. Where um, is the John Favreau from Swinger? <laughs> he made studio movies people didn't like them and then he made chef to get back at them and then he t- took that disney money and he's never looked back yeah. so this movie <laughs> the beginning i think this ties into what you were saying the beginning struck me as very strange so like they don't do a scroll they don't do a, a, a credits crawl they do like cowboys and aliens has got to be one of the worst movies ever made sure absolutely <laughs> so, so... The opening credits, there's this line that's like, on these mean streets, one man keeps people... And it was just like, this feels very not Star Wars. And also, like... I'm oh, not right. saying I forgot about that. Yeah. That was awful. It feels like they cut a bunch of stuff from the beginning of this movie. They're just like, right, we need to get going in motion, so we'll just, we'll just do it in the opening credits. And to, maybe it's a symptom of the director switch, of going from Lord and Miller to Howard. Because I think the whole movie has this really choppy feel. 
I feel I can see how it was Frankenstein together from multiple people's work. Or, yeah. or I can see the behind-the-scenes troubles, you know? And it's ugly. Yeah. It's like, it's it's for a Disney movie, like, to even to single out a single Disney movie for being especially ugly is, like, mm. significant. That's like, the thing they can do right. Yeah, like, they are very good at making 1998 gateway computer screensavers. <laughs> like, that is their specialty, is making that their, you know, yeah. and even within that frame... This might be the most ugly movie they ever made. The legendary Kessel Run is just this kind of ugly CGI mess. Oh my god. I was like, oh, you just shouldn't have did this. It was almost like they were trying to further mythologize Han Solo, only they accidentally de-mythologized him. Yeah. But within the context of mythologizing plot, and it's just, who gives a fuck? Yeah, like, you took this thing that, like, it needed no elaboration, it's just a thing that is shorthand for, like, this dude's legit because he did this. And it's, you right. know, it's a generational thing. Like, people say that, like, oh, I did the castle run, and blah, 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 blah. And then to show it, and it's, like, so underwhelming. It's like, you sh- you've killed this as a concept. <laughs> yeah. That no longer means anything. Like, I know what he did. He, like, jettisoned an escape pod at a giant squid monster and then went to hyperspace. Bad, 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 bad. But yeah, the whole first act, like, to just sort of get going with them already in, like, I don't know, I feel there's a scene missing from the start and then jumping ahead to the war. Like, I will say, like, they seem to have shown a willingness to remember this is Star, like, wars. You know, we've talked about how there's not really space for a larger mythology and for it to be fleshed out. I actually do vaguely like seeing how this giant war and how the Empire affects the little people more than just the big chosen ones. And, like, that's what I liked about Rogue One. So, like, to have this... I would this... love that. Yeah. I would love that. It, that's, it, you just have to be very good at making movies and TV <laughs> shows to do that. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah, Because, I mean, I know in the broad strokes, Empire bad, but it is always seen through the lens of the fated special chosen people who don't seem to be actually that affected by what goes on, other than, like, you know, he is your father and he is evil, you know, blah, blah, blah. But when they briefly do this scene where it's like, oh, we're in the shit now, boys, and they're, like, having to actually fight this battle, I was like, oh, this could be cool, but then that's just done with immediately. Yeah. <laughs> and we're on to our heist, and, you know, Tandy Newton is here for a cup of coffee, a waste of her, I would say. Yeah, there was something there with Tandy Newton, like, she had life. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it also felt very similar to John Favreau, where without any meat around it, it kind of just felt, yeah. 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 Chewy is the beast. He's there. Chewy has to be here, obviously. I mean, the controversial recasting of Chewbacca has mm. obviously shaken the core of everyone. But, uh, you know, he was there. He did it. He was there. Uh, he sure was. It's just so floaty, you know? It's just got these... There's no, there isn't enough of a like driving force behind it because his whole thing is he needs to get back to Kira. He surprisingly, he finds her way quicker than he expected to. And I do kind of like this switch of the dynamic where like he is so enthusiastic and he's like, I never stop thinking of you and I'm so, so excited to see you. And she's at first a little bit aloof towards him, which I took to be a deliberate inversion of like, you know, I love you, I know, you know, the famous dynamic he has there where he will become a lot more jaded about women, but like, I don't know, it just sort of robbed it of its energy, where he just immediately finds her, and then it's like, well, what are we doing now? We're just caught up in a series of misunderstandings. Like, Yeah, I guess that's the driving force. Like, he's got to go back to Kira? Like, I don't know. Like, mm. dude, you're in your 20s, and you're trying to get back to your high school girlfriend? That's the plot, <laughs> of, that's the plot of the Han Solo movie? Yeah, because he comes back, and it's it sort of bummed me out that she seemed to eventually return his affections, because at first she's like, 
it was years ago, dude. Like, it's fine that you didn't come back. I got over it. And he's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Every single thing I've done has been about this. I mean, she was a real paper-thin character. Just what a total, 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 total mess. <laughs> what percent chance do you think there is that the writers knew that they were doing a scene where Han and um, Lando are, like, outrageously flirting with each other? Because, I mean, to me, it has big sexual energy, but I think they didn't mean it to. I mean, there was an interview where Glover said that his character is pansexual. Uh-huh. It was a very, like, J.K. Rowling moment. Uh-huh. Um, so it's possible. I don't know. Maybe they... It feels like something writer, that Disney writers, wouldn't sign off on. You know? I don't know if the writers knew, but yeah. I, I could see it being like, hey, we're in the wrong set, like, let's film it this way type of thing. Because, I mean, you know, again, I'm kind of there for that. These two, like, you know, super straight dudes, like, actually, without realising it, wanting to fuck each other. It's kind of funny, but I don't know, just, just launching into this. I was hoping for a big heist. Let's spend a decent amount of time here. Let's do an Ocean's Eleven. They were the stormtroopers all along. <laughs> but Peter it... Safanovitz was the voice of Darth Maul in the original. Yes. Yeah. Did you not know that? I did not know that. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm paying attention to what you're talking about, Matt. Of course, of course. You're doing great, bud. Thank you. I feel appreciated. Yeah, and they asked him back, and he did it, and then they recast him for some reason. But hey. Pricks. I know, right? This heist being a heist for about two minutes and then just descending into maybe the ugliest scene in the movie with just this brown colour palette as they do this messy sort of escape scene. And And also, like... Be like, let's explain why the Kessel Run actually was about parsecs. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, Just own your mistake. Don't fucking try and be like, actually, you don't, you don't we were right. You don't even have to. Like, it's Han Solo. Like, he's <laughs> bragging about something and doesn't fully understand what he's bragging about. That's fine. Exactly. It felt like Cinema Sinning, their own movie, and like, we have to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, seeing these movies as an opportunity to go back and fix stuff. Like, I think Rogue One did some of that quite well. The the fatal flaw in the Death Star, like, oh, it's deliberate. I thought that was actually quite cute, but some of this is I just... I go back and forth on that. I go, okay. I, I admittedly, I go back and forth. Yeah, I think, but we yeah, I think they've laid it on too thick with some of this stuff. But I think it can be done right. But this is just, like, what are you doing? Just live with it. You said a thing, no one cares that it was wrong. And then, yeah, as I said, the Kessel Run is just a mess to look at. And then, I assume I hate you, I know, is supposed to be a riff on I love you, I know. Yeah. Yeah, sure. there you go. <laughs> sure. We talked about Nest. Oh, you know another one that's a little bit too cute? When Beckett is like, meet me on Tatooine. Like, come on. This was... Like, stop it. <laughs> the whole point is that Tatooine is nowhere. Yes. It should never be mentioned ever again. Fucking stupid. Um, but yeah, we get into this sort of quadruple cross where they're all just turning on each other and it's like... Oh my god. Yeah. Three steps too far. Like, you overthought this. Just so embarrassing. The yeah. whole thing was just so, 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 so embarrassing. I think I've, I we have talked my way into me hating the movie more. <laughs> as, as before, I was just like, who cares? Like, I feel we've like, done this before where we, we're like it's fine yeah. and then we spend 90 minutes talking about how bad it is and then we're like but it again part- it's fine well sometimes it works the other way where we'll talk so much about what, like this happened with Dark Knight Rises for sure right which is where we're like listen we somewhat like this movie but let's explain how stupid it is for two hours mm-hmm. I think that might be the most memorable one I think it's a good movie it just isn't as good as the other two you know I think the early reviews of Tenet kind of revealed my biggest problem with Christopher Nolan since The Dark Knight which is that he is stuffing five hour miniseries yeah well, 
He's doing his scripts are five hours long and he keeps having to make two and a half hour long movies. And I just like, <laughs> can't someone tell him stop doing this? Yep. <laughs> if anything, I actually of all the movies he's come up with since Dark Knight, the one that has been the least passionately reviled is Dunkirk. And that script was like sixty pages long, he said. If people are like listening, like, man, I thought like there are people who really fucking hate Nolan mm-hmm. and they and they mock him a lot. Dunkirk mm-hmm. is the one they're gonna pick on the least. Sure. It's the least mockable. Yeah. But man, yeah. I just... And then Han has to shoot first to end the movie, obviously. <sighs> <laughs> I really feel I've knocked a solid star off your review of this movie just by talking to you about it. <laughs> I'm logging into Letterboxd as we speak. Excellent. Your reviews are a work of art. Sincerely. You know what sucks? Being Jeff Malkovich kind of sucks. I, I saw that one today. I was kind of like... Taken aback. There are a lot of those where they have to just live in your memory because they're actually yeah. not good and they never were. I'm pretty afraid of watching Adaptation now. Like Adaptation Adaptation's good. I... Watched Adaptation last year. Adaptation's still good. I don't know. I'm worried. Mm. I'm worried. I don't think Adaptation is amazing. I think Adaptation is good. Okay. I'm here for Charlie Kaufman as a general idea. I came to the realization that it's like Kaufman has his first novel out today. All right. Or not today, this year. Mm. And it's getting some really bad reviews. Mm. And you know it. Know who Charlie Kaufman shares a lot of DNA with? Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I'm not saying you're useless, but I don't think you're quite as clever as everyone is telling you you are. Yeah. And, and you are getting some disproportionate opportunities as a result. You got high on your own supply, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going to rewatch Fargo season two. And what else? I guess it's just going to be Fargo season two. I'm going to keep that in my memory forever. No, Holly's book sucks so much. I heard it was okay. But... They're fine. There's two. They're both like fine. There's okay. one. There's a plain one. The plain one is fucking hilarious. Okay. Oh my God. Matt, have you ever considered that the producer of a Fox News-like channel probably has some internal life beyond the evil he's doing in the world? No. Well... I've got the book for you. <laughs> well, solo. It's fine. Right. Except maybe it's not fine. Maybe it turns out it's not. Yeah, I mean, like, what it comes down to it is they picked some hot names to direct a movie. Didn't Those realize what they got themselves had a singular vision of what they want a Han Solo movie to be. The studio panicked. And as is becoming in vogue now for Disney, they are willing to throw directors under the bus publicly. And having their minions do it as well. A lot of people spoke very unfavorably of these two dudes who have... I don't think there's been anything else in their careers that people have been spoken unfavorably of them on a personal level. No. Amelia Clark's, like, criticized their direction. It's like, she was like, what What does act like film noir mean? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. First of all, if you have any sense of film history, you know exactly what acting like film noir means. Yep. Second of all, <laughs> it's just so against the general written rules of Hollywood to do that that you have to be very, very cynical when it's people doing it for Disney. Yeah. They did it for Ryan Johnson as well, didn't they? Yep. Just before they Rise of the Disney. Skywalker came out, you had John Boyega coming out, or someone was Everyone. just... Everyone! Yeah, they all Everyone. were just like, actually, we didn't like that movie that, it, that we said and the we fun, the we, That one's even worse... Because we knew the studio liked uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah, they just got where the wind's blowing. Because after he made The Last Jedi, but before it was released, they're like, here's a whole trilogy all to yourself. Yep. Do whatever you want with it. Yeah, and then they panicked. When they made a bunch of money and was very well reviewed. That's like that's like that's like the scary part to me. By the actual measures that you set for yourselves, it was successful and you're this is your reaction to it. 
And again, this is me, someone who's pretty cynical about the fucking movie, but I still think it was pretty awful. Or, mm. you know, more concerning about, like, the future. You know? Well, like, there was a narrative that, like, coming out of The Last Jedi, like, you know, we, we litigated that to death, we don't have the time to get back into yeah. it. But, like, some people violently hated it. And there was this idea that they were going to boycott Solo to show Kathleen Kennedy, like, ah, take that, you bitch, you know, like... Right. And this movie, you know, it, it made, like, almost 400 million, but it cost almost 300 million. So it's like, you know, it's a failure from their point of view. And it's like, <laughs> I really don't want those two things to be directly connected like that. I want yeah. this to be bad because it's bad, because it kind of almost is bad. The most damning thing about Solo at the end of the day is that it's a Rod Howard movie. And Rod <laughs> Howard movies are very, very safe. Yes. He's very, very easy to work with. Everything's going to finish on time. That's what they do. <laughs> they they go get the people that will just hand in the work on time and will do as they're told. That's why they predominant Marvel often it's get why, TV people. That's why Peyton Reed is the, is making the Ant-Man movies. Yeah. And I don't even dislike the Ant-Man movies. They're fine. They're okay. They're fine. But <laughs> you go from Edgar Wright to Peyton Reed. middle-of-the-road stuff yeah. is just going to be the death of Star Wars. Star Wars should never be middle-of-the-road. should never feel like it, it, it's small yeah. in right. the context of a movie. If but, you're going to make a small TV show, you should probably fill it up with people who talk about it. And also make it feel like... I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, and it enjoy, also just enjoyable. feels it feels like it's a lot of empty sets and like it doesn't feel like they're on planets, you know. It feels very much like a cheap TV show. Yes, it does. And that wasn't what Disney Plus was promising. So Nope. Anyway. Uh there's Solo. We talked a star off it. It's certainly not the yep. worst Star War. Is it better to be bad or like, well, as you'll know later this week when you read the, the oh, top fucking ten, the, synergy of the Star Wars movies, yeah. you'll see whether it's the worst Star Wars movie. And I've actually been debating that in my head uh, this first week of December. Yeah, you know, I think as Disney becomes a bigger and bigger monopoly, uh-huh. I, I feel this need to question just like the prequels are a motherfucking mess, and in so many ways, I hate them. I can at least appreciate that there is a singular autorial vision happening though. And not just this middle-of-the-road, milk-toast bullshit. I don't know, though. It's a pretty depressing choice to have to make, though, about whether or not George Lucas's incredibly bad vision for the Star Wars prequels is better or worse than this bullshit. I admire um, something that is consistent and, like, a vision rather than just uh, a yeah. big a big floaty nothing, you know? <laughs> And we and we should that shouldn't be the choice. Like we should be able to like we shouldn't have to think about like man. At least there's like there should always be vision. But this is yeah. this is not vision. Um, Which is appropriate know, rule, because vision Paul Bettany, is a fucking candy ass. Hey, full circle. Good, excellent. Well, as Mike said, it's Star Wars week on EntheTheRealWorld.com. Look out for everything that has been posted by now and what might still be coming. This is Smooth Hosting by Matt Waters. It's been it's a like good... we're the Millennium Falcon and I'm Han Solo and you're Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewie, have you even seen Star Wars? That is where you insert the Armageddon clip, Matt. You had to say who you said. I don't know, Oscar. Who do you think you are? Han Solo. No. If anybody's anybody, I'm hot. And you're, you're Chewbacca. Chewie, have you even seen Star Wars?